0: Welcome to Fantasy Sports Daily with Kyle L. Frank and Ray Flowers, Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget to use the promo code FSD20 for a 20% discount on the products over at FantasyGuru.com.
1: We are only a few days into a brand new year, but let it be known that the year 2024 is the year where if you throw a cup at somebody, it costs you $300,000. Uh, we welcome you to Fantasy Sports Daily. Kyle over and Ray Flowers with you. Of course, we are powered by FantasyGuru.com. And, uh, Ray, we should note $300,000 is the fine to Carolina Panther owner David Tepper for tossing a cup at an unruly fan, I guess, on Sunday. Uh, Darren Rovell, I, I don't even know who he's with anymore, formerly of ESPN. Uh, he broke it down, Ray, and that's... What was the money that that the... The average American, what's that fine the equivalent to?
0: $1.77. So <laughs> the NFL really came down hard on Mr. Tepper. Uh, and it's just like, the, the dude is worth more money than God, right? And you're <laughs> flinging drinks at fans? Like, come on. You you suck. Your team is terrible. You wear it, right? And this idea that I'm going to get so mad, I'm going to fling. I mean, it's just, it's such a bad look. And that's, you know. Season of disaster for the Panthers keeps getting worse. $1.77, Kyle. You can't get that hot dog that you wanted to for lunch today.
1: (laughs) Well, what I enjoy, Ray, is uh, let's say the NFL had fined him $3 million for tossing a cup. Ten times as much. That would be the equivalent of $17. (laughs) And and that kind of puts into perspective, right how much money an NFL owner has. Now, David Tepper is one of the really rich ones. But man, oh man, that's ungodly. $3 million fine is the equivalent of a $17 fine to you and me. Pretty wild. Okay. We'll we'll save picking on the Panthers and picking on David Tepper for another time. Uh, Instead, we got other things to talk about. We welcome you in uh, via X, via Facebook, via YouTube. Kyle and Ray hanging out with you. Ray continues to drum up fresh and new backgrounds. Uh, which, gosh, Ray, these are endless. You, you may give us a whole year of different locales for you to do the show here.
0: I kind of thought of doing that. Yeah, I thought maybe, you know, to help, help this show catch fire, people are going to get, you know, talking on the interwebs. This guy has a different background every day. One day he's on the Savannah, one day he's at Giza, one day he's in the Amazon, and one day he's sitting in a finally appointed house with a piano behind him. You never know.
1: Meanwhile, I'm just stuck in this blah... Alien (laughs) autopsy-like saloon, I guess you would call it. A lot to get to over the next hour here on FSD. It's only going to be Ray and I. We're we're not doing the guest thing. We'll save that for for Thursday and Friday. Do want to point out, because we're not going to really talk about it, but uh, for those who just need a DFS fix, obviously there's hockey and basketball, all that stuff. Uh, But today is kind of the beginning of a new PGA golf season. And I know if you go over to Fantasy Guru right now, we got a cheat sheet for the tournament in Hawaii. Uh, We've got a DFS write-up for the tournament in Hawaii. It begins later this afternoon. So if you find yourself as a big golf fan, know that today is the day. And we are already firing up the coverage. I think Tyler Rodrigue uh, has the coverage uh, today at FantasyGuru.com. So check it out. As for what we're doing today, um, another one of our great writers, Armando Marsal, he posted this yesterday. Still up at the side, obviously. Prop betting. It's kind of a big thing in Week 18 because, again, some people are done with their season. Many people are done with their season. Some aren't interested in DFS. You might be interested in props. Armando has a very worthwhile column that might give you a little bit of insight into how teams and how players may perform this weekend. Contract incentives. Uh, Ray, they're out there every year. The, The list is not huge for this year. I feel like in years previous, it's been like dozens of players with contract incentives. But there are some uh, particular ones we want to spotlight. Um, I do want to point out for me personally, um, I have a contract incentive for this year. Ray, if we get to one trillion views, okay, I get an extra 10 bucks. Wow! So a trillion is all we got to get to this year. You work for the NFL, don't you, Kyle? I didn't know that. David Tepper is going to give me that 10 bucks. Yeah. Contract incentive. So we'll talk about that. Got some news and notes. Kyler Murray, Dalvin Cook, uh, got another tight end that's going to show up in 2024 to strengthen that position. As usual on a Wednesday, we'll look at some week 18 spreads and totals. We'll throw a little baseball in as well. Your questions, your comments, whatever you got, send them our way. And as always, Ray, a friendly reminder, promo code time. What's shaking over at Fantasy Guru? Let's do it.
0: Uh, we got a lot of things shaking behind the scenes. We're, we're The wheels are turning for the baseball product. So we started that yesterday. So hopefully we'll have a date here soon. Uh, but for right now, uh, the promo code is FSD20. And that gets you discounts at any of the products. DFS, seasonal. If you want to buy some swag, you want to do basketball, football, you know, hockey, whatever it might be, FSD20. And then from now through the Super Bowl, which means obviously week 18 and then all the playoff action, you can sign up for our DFS football product, which is only $50. So you can get all the money there. I mean, all the, the information there uh, on how to, to, to win in DFS, whether you're playing GBP, whether you're doing cash games, uh, it's a good way to get involved from now through the end of the season the articles, the live streams, all that stuff, access to Discord. It's only $50 at FantasyGuru.com.
1: Okay, good stuff there, as always, and the, the specials will continue. I know when baseball starts up, we'll probably have a baseball package special, so uh, I want to keep it right here to FSD for the latest there. Um, Over in the chat room, Michael, Um, I, I got to point this out, Ray, because Michael is celebrating um, how brilliant, I guess, I am. Right. And I'm not. I, I want to say we, we had a lot of this about 12 months ago of you know, do you draft Travis Kelsey? Do you not? I am not going to take a victory lap on Travis Kelsey. Okay. Because, you know, Travis Kelsey's getting old. It's kind of easy to say, oh, he's going to wear down. So this is not a victory lap. What I'm going to say here, and I appreciate, you know, a lot of people like Michael and others, um, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's rare that somebody comes back and go, okay, you know, you won. I didn't win this. Okay. I, I want to state that off the top because Ray, my entire argument with Travis Kelsey is not that he's no good. It's not that he's not going to give you points. My entire argument is even when he's good, it's not worth investing in that good player at that position. Okay, that that was the argument. It's easy for me to say, I told you so, but that wasn't my argument. My argument was never Travis Kelsey is going to have a bad year. Travis Kelsey is not going to score touchdowns. Travis Kelsey is not going to have 100 catches. Anybody can look at a birth certificate and say eventually that's going to happen. My whole emphasis, Ray, is that a superstar tight end, I'm not going to invest in, in the first round mm-hmm. and, and people, you know, who won't be next year? Hawkins. Well, Hawkinson with the LaPorta, injury, maybe not
0: Ingram I, LaPorta.
1: No one's Evan Ingram. Ray, I know he got a hundred catches, but nobody's going to be drafting him in the first or second round. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback in football. According to some people, I don't know.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I, and, and, and so I appreciate Michael pointing this out, but, but again, Ray, just to kind of clarify the, the argument against Kelsey was uh, he's not going to fall off a cliff or, He's going to retire. It's quite simply, even when he's great, I don't think you need a great tight end. I I think drafting that great tight end early hinders you in other spots.
0: Well, and I think that in the past, Kyle and I have gone back and forth with this. I think in the past, Kyle's been wrong about this, straight up wrong (laughs) about this. Okay, but but in 2023, you weren't wrong. You're right, and it's because of what we talked about. Sam Laporta, you know, Sam Laporta gifted people with one of the greatest, top two. Rookie seasons of all time from a tight end, yeah. And then you have Evan Ingram. We just talked about catch a hundred passes. You had David and Joku explode down the stretch. You had Cole Komet become a weekly starter. Trey McBride went bonkers. He's catching six, seven passes every week. You start going through the list here, and there are all these guys that were either drafted low or picked up off the waiver wire that ended up being tight end ones. So that gap that Kelsey had shrunk immensely because the position itself rose. And you know, as I pointed out there in the in the chat room, Kelsey, you know he's still like three points out of the top spot at tight end. You know, it, it wasn't the season you paid for. It wasn't worth the first yeah. round pick. He was still okay. You didn't lose because of Travis Kelsey. But Kyle's point of drafting a tight end early, uh, messing up your roster construction, I think we saw it this year come to fold.
1: Well, and, and let it be known, um, if 95 catches and 1,000 yards is a bad first round pick, you have high standard. Because yeah. that, that's where he's going to end up. And And we'll see if he plays this week. Um, I, I don't know that it's all that certain that Kelsey. I think they want to get him to a thousand yards though, mm-hmm. just because sure. then Ray, what would we be up to? It's like eight straight years yeah. of a thousand yards. He needs 16 yards. The Chiefs are gonna make sure he gets there. Yes, but after that, Ray, I think he sits in this game. And and I said this going back to September. Remember in week one, he missed that game against Detroit. Mm-hmm. Thursday night football. You know, they're coming off the Super Bowl victory the fact he missed that first game of the year should have given us a really good indication that the knee was never going to be right. And I, and I would argue Ray, he probably hasn't been healthy all season and you can see it in these numbers. He is averaging almost the same exact number of catches as he always has. Mm -hmm. He's still hugely involved. Catches are still there. What's fallen off a cliff, Ray, a relative cliff. He's not being used down the field. When he catches the ball, he's not pulling away from would-be tacklers. And the touchdowns have crashed and burned. So the catches are still there, Ray. It's just he's being used differently. And a lot of this is the Chiefs offense pulling back. But most notably is that yardage thing. Because, Ray, even if he gets to 1,000, that's 300, 400 yards short of what you kind of thought he would get to. He's just not able to blow through tacklers this year to pull away from tacklers this year and i think that goes to the injury i i think this has been affecting him since way back in august
0: yeah if you look at the last six years he has the lowest broken tackle rate in that time if you look at the last four years his yards after the catch is the lowest and this is really telling too we'll start in 2018 so the last six years here's an average depth of target right 9.2 9.0 8.5, 7.4, 7.1, and this year 6.7. It's gone down every year. And that, you know, again, the offense changes and, you know, play calling and all that. But when you see that number drops five straight years, it speaks to what you're talking about. And, you know, like you said, he missed a game. If he plays a full season, he's going to catch 100 passes for 1,000 yards. Like it's still a great – historically speaking, 99.9% of tight ends who ever lived – 99.99 have never done that, right? So it's still a great season. It just below expectations. And again, not up to the level of what the universe thought, which had him as a first round draft pick this year.
1: Good to hear from you, Michael. Uh, thanks for jumping in. We'll take some more comments as we go through the proceedings. Mentioned that Travis Kelsey with an outside shot at 100 catches. Pretty good shot at 1,000 yards. Uh, Ray, let's talk about some other incentives. And as noted, Armando Marsal has the ride up over at fantasyguru.com. Um, I will note from the top, I, I don't know that these figure into any fantasy decisions for this week for those who are playing in week 18 Um, they might figure Ray into some DFS or perhaps prop betting decisions it's guys who in effect reach a certain level reach a certain standard and they get a ton of money and I don't know if we got this chart up we may have it available but Ray right off the top Baker Mayfield like Baker Mayfield for this week has like a what like 1.2 million dollars on the line <laughs> actually more 1.5 million dollars he can earn in incentives. Uh passer rating, passing yards, completion percentage, touchdown passes, yards per 10. All of those rates like you got to finish top 10 in the NFL or top 5 in the NFC and honestly he's there in at least four of them. So, like, Baker Mayfield, right, this very incentive-laden deal, he's got, like, a million-plus on the line this week for the Tampa Bay Bucs. And, oh, yeah, he's trying to get his team into the playoffs as they take on Carolina.
0: Yeah, and Jeff was talking about this, too. He's really nervous for the Bucs because he thinks that all of this goodness uh, is going to result in him being the quarterback of the team next year making $35 million a year or whatever the hell it is. Um, But the fact is that he has played way better than anyone possibly could have imagined he's got mm-hmm. his team in the playoff hunt and there are incentives that i understand being built into his contract cuz you know they're not large sums of money relative speaking it's david tepper money right it's not huge numbers on their own <laughs> but you know for a guy that you know came into the year let's hope he makes it through the whole season as our starter he's put his team and himself in position to have a lot of success here at the end
1: and, and ray we have said consistently at least i have When you find a quarterback with a pulse, you pay him. You know, it's part of my argument with Justin Fields. We're going to be talking about Kyler Murray here in a bit. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Kyler Murray already got paid. Fields is trying to get paid. Baker Mayfield, Ray, man. I, I guess this is a pulse, right? But I still struggle with the idea of saying, oh, yeah, it finally clicked with team number four. And all of a sudden, I'm ready to give Baker Mayfield a giant contract. I get it. Tampa's... In a bit of a weird situation, it's not like they've got the next guy up Mm -hmm. with this effort this season. They're not going to have a high draft pick, you know, they're not going to be able to get one of those top two or three quarterbacks if they want. They're really in a difficult spot with Baker Mayfield and deciding what to do with him.
0: Yeah, I think we're all pretty much in agreement, and I hope the front office of the Bucks is too. We're pretty much in agreement that Baker Mayfield's not a top half quarterback of the league, he's just not, he's somewhere in the bottom half. Now, the question is, how far down is that bottom half going as we've seen this year with all the injuries and some of the poor performance, even before the injury, it's a really low floor. So Baker's kind of, a, in my opinion, he's outside the top 15 guys that we can build around. He's in that next group and that next group is, you know, okay. It's it's kind of the Geno Smith zone, right? It's like, mm-hmm. we can win with this guy, but can we really win with this guy? Ah. I think that, you know, I think last week we talked about this on Monday with Baker Mayfield last week was a perfect example of what we're talking about. He came on like gangbusters at the end of the game, ended up with 300 yards and two touchdowns. The numbers look good. But if you watch the game, didn't play good. You know, the yeah. team didn't do anything for three quarters of the game. So the, you're right. It's like, what are you going to turn to? You got to take a chance on somebody, right? You can't you know, taking a rookie quarterback and go on that route. Good luck. That doesn't pay off very, very well unless you have that top level pick. And even then there's a lot of uncertainty. I'm going to assume that Tampa keeps him around. It'll be fascinating to see. Does he get a two-year contract? They try to yeah. get four years. That would be a fascinating negotiation to watch.
1: And and he's not going to get you know the the 180 million dollars. That's not going to Baker Mayfield. He, he will get a contract, and I think if it's reasonable, Tampa probably is within their rights to to make that move. I, I would always say this with these quarterbacks. You know, if if Tampa moves on from Baker Mayfield, is there a line out the door from other NFL teams to get Baker Mayfield? Probably not. You know, Kirk Cousins, when that whole thing was going on with Washington, there were other teams that, yeah, hell, we'll take Kirk Cousins. Obviously, Minnesota did. They paid him a lot of money. I don't think Baker Mayfield rises to that level. You know, if if for some reason Justin Fields, you know, landed on the market, I think people would line up to get Justin Fields. They take a shot. Um, Not so with Baker Mayfield. And I don't know if that's fair, but people kind of look at him and say journeyman QB, even though it's only been, you know, five, six years. It's kind of a journeyman already. Um, you see some of those other uh, incentives there. The, the one Ray, there's a few that caught my eye here. Austin Eckler, 110 total yards. Now it's only a hundred thousand, and so sometimes you see, oh wow, Austin Eckler, they're going to try. I, I see a hundred thousand dollar payoff, and I kind of think, what's that? You know, like you said, it's it's temper money. Who? Right. But Austin Eckler is a guy. <laughs> who's been fighting and clawing for every dime and has not gotten it in a contract. I, I'm trying to remember the last time he was at 110 yards though this year. So I yeah. I wouldn't get too carried away with that possibility.
0: Yeah. poor. And, and we, we've talked about this. Everyone's talked about this. This offense has nothing there without their one, their two and their three at the wide receiver spot. These guys are all out with injury and Austin Eckler gets two targets in week 17. Like, I don't even know what's going on. It's almost like they're actually trying not to get him money. I mean, it's like, this doesn't make any sense. Your offense doesn't work. Uh, Let's not give it to the ball, we, the ball to the guy that, you know, scores scored 38 touchdowns and catches 100 passes. Let's not do that. And you you look at this, and I, I'm quickly looking at this, Kyle. He got to 100 yards on the 10th of December. 100 scrimmage yards on the 10th of December. And then the last time he did it once, he did it one time in November. And he did it two times in October. So he's,
1: <laughs> it's only happened times, like, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: so. You would normally hear 110 scrimmage yards in, in a game where he should be the focal point of the offense say, he's got a legitimate shot to get there. At this point, they're going to have to try to get it to him to get him there, and I don't know if they're going to do that.
1: Minnesota is a, a significant long shot to make the playoffs. They're pretty well out of it. You know they, they could win, and then a lot of things break their way. They could sneak in. But this Alexander Madison one, Ray, 74 yards rushing for 500000 bucks. Now, in the last three weeks or so we haven't seen a whole lot of Madison in this backfield um he's gotten a few opportunities but Ty Chandler is getting the work do you think this one matters I I kind of feel there there might again the Vikings for the most part aren't really playing for anything I know they are but not really Would a team Would a, would a what a what a coaching staff do you think say hey yeah let's get Alexander Madison 15 carries Give them a shot at making an extra half million.
0: Do you? Well, I think that's a great question. And we did, we blew past it at the start of this. Does this matter? The player obviously desperately wants to get there. Are teams
1: incentivized to get guys bonuses? I, I think the front office, because it's money, would maybe say not so much. Mm-hmm. I think a coaching staff who understands the eight months and what you've put into this is actually willing to do that. And again, $500,000 to the Vikings. It's a billion dollar franchise, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but I think the coaching staffs Ray do understand these things and, and maybe they won't blatantly say it, but I think a lot of these coaches do understand that the work, the effort, the pain, the blood, the sweat, the tears, all of this stuff and, and things like this, especially when it's not a game, like, you know, it's not the Bills Dolphins where you're trying to win and win the AFC East. Right. I get it. They'd like to win, but there's also a fact of let's reward a guy who's, you know, kind of been there for us since July, if you will.
0: Yeah. And I maybe the 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 owners who write the checks care less than the the coaching staff does that these guys only got five, six years anyway, right? They're not gonna make a ton of money after that when they retire, most likely. I you know, to me, in the case like Madison, Madison is not, he's been phased out of the offense completely Mm -hmm. phased out of the offense he had the injury Chandler stepped forward Chandler's had some moments even the last couple of weeks where he hasn't done a ton he's been the guy on the field he's been the guy getting all the touches so this would be if they went to Madison it would almost be just to get him the money because they have as a football decision it seems like they've made the other decision that Chandler's you know what they need of course this is the same organization that we still don't know who the quarterback's going to be They didn't know the quarterback was going to be last week. They changed it in the middle of the game. Like, I don't know. I mean, I haven't heard much about the coaching staff getting fired here or anything in in Minnesota. They've dealt with a lot of injuries and all that. But I don't know. There's no telling what they would do. Madison might come out and get 18 touches this week, for all we know, because it would (laughs) would kind of fall in line with what this coaching staff's been doing of late.
1: See the name Devin Singletary. They're 165 yards rushing. Now, they have a must-win game against Indianapolis. So if it happens, it happens. And and we've seen Singletary up around that number, but uh, it's 125K. Uh, the two veteran receivers here, Ray, are kind of fun. Odell Beckham and, and DeAndre Hopkins. And these guys are talking millions of dollars yeah. if they hit incentives. Um, now, this would be the best game of the year for by far for OBJ. Five catches, 185 and two. But if he got to that, that's 1.75 million. DeAndre Hopkins, seven catches, 39 yards and two touchdowns. Ray, 2.3 million if he gets to those numbers. Uh, 39 yards should be doable the seven and two is a little difficult but both those guys might become plays i think for dfs players and certainly for prop bettors thinking that yeah they're going to get peppered to try and make million dollar incentives for sunday
0: it's really interesting through all of everything that's happened i think the fog has kind of caused us to forget that the the ravens with everything they've done right and number one team in football according to most people right now right Gave an idiotic, idiotic $15 million contract to Odell Beckham. It was just one, one year, fifteen. one of the worst contracts in football this year.
1: Good point. Uh, Great point.
0: But, yeah, Beckham is basically catching one or two passes a week at this point. I think last week was his lowest uh, snap total in like six weeks. Like he wasn't even on the field last week because they were winning the game. Uh, he's not getting there. Now, <laughs> he's not getting there. Now, Hopkins is an interesting one. Because like you said, they as bad as this offense has been, and there have been plenty of games where he hasn't got the thirty-nine yards, because the offense is terrible. Like thirty-nine yards, come on. Like, you know, that's seven receptions. That that'll take some work, like you said. The two touchdowns.
1: You can work that into an offense, though. You could. Because honestly, you need just the quick flip out to the outside, like screen pass, and you're you're there. That's seven and thirty-nine. He's he's getting that this weekend. And and I bet, without knowing that that's been mentioned a lot. Because <laughs> it's like, look. Traylon Burks,
0: okay. All right. Chris Moore catches one pass. Kyle Phillips isn't part of the offense. Nick Westbrook Akine is not even active. Like, who are you going to throw the ball to? So, yeah, I mean, 739 for Hopkins. They should go into every game expecting 770 from him, right? That should be the goal. They haven't done it all season long, but that he is, in my opinion, much more likely to get some of these,
1: reach some of these incentives than Beckham is. And and I'm looking, uh, Jaguars are at the Titans on Sunday. And, And that's a big game for Jacksonville. Um, they, they need to win to secure the AFC South. And if they lose, they could actually miss the playoffs. As of now, Ray, and this is over at DraftKings, this will change maybe later today into Thursday. We don't have individual props yet on that game. So it'll be interesting to see, because DraftKings knows about this. They all know about this, Ray. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You think pro- I think in a normal week, it might be, I don't know, four and a half, maybe in a normal week for Hopkins, five, mm-hmm. five five and you think they'll put it at like six and a half? you think they'll go that high? I mean, that's in the territory of, you know, obviously A.J. Brown or C.D. Lamb, mm-hmm. Devontae Adams. They might go there, I think, with Hopkins this week on that prop.
0: I think the issue with that is we have to remember that they set lines to get people to bet.
1: Does mm-hmm. the average
0: fan realize there's a million dollars here or $500,000? I don't think they do. They might look at six and a half and half. They're like, this guy catches four passes every week and not even bet it. So it will be it will be very interesting to see where they set that because logically we've talked about it for the last five minutes. Then there's do we have to educate the betting base to why the number is that high and is that worth our time or do we just drop it down and get more people involved?
1: Uh, Sam Laporta, who we were just talking about, tight end position, uh, with 216 yards receiving would set the all-time tight end record. Doubtful. Uh, Dalton Schultz, another tight end, six catches, gets him an extra 250000 mm-hmm. bucks. Again, Houston's trying to win. They're not going to force the issue just to get Guy a, a, you know, a quarter of a million dollars. Uh, speaking of the playoffs, Jordan Love, you can see it there. Half a million bucks if the Packers make the playoffs. And Geno Smith, it's a million dollars if the uh, Seahawks sneak into the playoffs. And, and even if Seattle wins, uh, they will need some help. If Green Bay wins, they're in. So uh, we'll see how that works out. But again, check out the column uh, by Armando. It's kind of this table, but you can take a look at that. And uh, we might hear some more incentives coming out. I know on the defensive side, Chris Jones of Kansas City, um, if if he gets a half of a sack this week, it's $1.25 for Chris Jones. <laughs> That's happening, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Chris Jones is selling out for that sack. Going will be offside six times a day. Yeah. Or like- yeah. yeah. Uh, news and notes today, um, the Jets have released Dalvin Cook, which Ray seems weird, the timing, but it sounds like it was done with the idea of let's give this guy a shot to join a team and make the playoffs. The problem as I see it is I looked at the NFC and AFC teams, Ray, and I'm like, nobody needs Dalvin Cook. Like literally none of the playoff teams, Ray, I believe you could slightly make a case for Baltimore. But I don't think Baltimore's there. I'm looking at all these other teams, Ray, and and not that they're great at running back, but I don't think Dalvin Cook moves the needle. So they might have released them and said, hey, go out and get yourself a a Super Bowl ring or maybe an AFC title or whatever. But I'm not seeing a team anywhere that would be interested in Dalvin Cook.
0: Yeah, and that's the tough part. He's he's really shown so little this year when he's even been given the opportunity that I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't know how much. I don't. I'm not in the locker room. I don't know if he's the greatest rah-rah guy of all time. I don't know if he's someone that comes in and works with the youngsters about how to you know hold it high and tight or like I don't know that part of it. But it's almost like he, in my opinion, would need that part of it because no one's gonna bring him in and say, here's 30 snaps. Like I that's not gonna happen. It's not a bad thing to sign him, of course, in case an injury hits, you know, because he is an established veteran who can catch the ball, he can run the ball, even if he's not what he once was, he can still function, you know, in the backfield. So someone will sign him, right? But in terms of him even being active on game days, I, you know, it's probably going to take an injury to get there. To your point, it's going to be very difficult to see him get signing, signed by anyone and have his role be any different than it really was with the Jets.
1: If you want a microcosm of running backs in the NFL, look at Dalvin Cook. Yeah. I, I mean, Ray, th- this is everything that has been talked about with running backs. Mm-hmm. He is uh, 28, going to be 29 next year. Mm-hmm. Ray, I, I would sit here and tell you his career, uh, his career, his impact as an NFL player is pretty well done. And what's crazy about that Ray is before this year and the four previous years, you're talking about a guy who has totaled 46 touchdowns in four years, Mm -hmm. 11 a season, more than 11 a season and over 1500 total yards on average. Ray, four years of this guy being damn dominant an RB one, 1,500-plus yards, 11 touchdowns. That's the average of four years of Dalvin Cooks. Ray, he goes to the Jets, disaster. And now, Ray, who, nobody's giving him a lead job next year at all. It's it's like literally dunzo for Dalvin. And I'm not picking on Dalvin Cook, but, Ray, this is exactly what every NFL running back is scared of happening. This guy was awesome for four or five years, and I don't even know if he gets a job next season in the NFL. Yeah,
0: all four of those years, he made the Pro Bowl. You went through it. Uh, catching 40-plus passes each year, too, was part of that whole mix. So he was that three-down back. And, you know, we know in the fantasy space, the only complaint was the injury. And realize that those numbers Kyle was talking about were with an average of 14.5 games. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, if he played 16 games, the numbers would be 1,700 yards or whatever it was. Like, he was terrific on a per-game basis. Uh, he missed time. He's only played the full amount of games in his career one time ever. It was last year, um, and he is the poster boy for this. And this is why and Austin Eckler is going through it now too, right? Austin Eckler wanted to get the big money this past off season because he knew. And look at what's happened here. And it it really sucks because I'm I've always always said this like for a long time. I've said, and I still stand by this that there are, you know, eighty percent of the running backs are the same there's 20% that are different and the 20% that are different might be different because of a or B or C, but really the majority of them, you know, you get in the right system, you can have success. So 80% of these guys are all kind of just there. The problem is we don't pay the 80% and then the 20%. It's almost like everyone's paid the same, you know, the 20% top guys, they never get there because they get a good contract. They burn themselves out and they never get the great contract. And so it is an issue. And I understand why they, They formed an alliance this preseason and tried to see what they could do. I don't know what the solution – I don't think there is a solution here, Kyle. I think it's unfortunate that such an important player on the football field just never really quite gets paid what they're due.
1: I I think the attempted solution – and this is an attempt. I don't know that it would work. But, Ray, pretty well, if you're a running back who has a good first couple of years, you you come in, you're cheap, you do well. Um, Let's say you're Rashad White. Kind of saw it with Jonathan Taylor to an extent, Ray. Then you start making noises like after two years and you start threatening holdouts and you want your money now. Um, And I think that's really the only way that no. they can do it because, and, and a team may say, like I said, it's an attempted solution. A team may say, ah, we got another guy. We'll go to Zach Moss. You know, <laughs> that's, that's what they may say. No. No. That, that's the only attempted. So like, it, and I it, like here, it's too late Najee Harris. It's too late. Three years in, he's been fine. I mean, he's got seven, eight touchdowns every single year, mm-hmm. over a 1,000 yards, going to do it again this season. Mm-hmm. But obviously, Jalen Warren is there. If I'm Jalen Warren, Ray, I, now's the time to get your money, buddy. Right. I, <laughs> and maybe both – now, that would be interesting, Ray, if Najee <laughs> Harris and Jalen Warren both said, nah, guys, we're not coming to camp, and we're going to help each other out. That, that would be fascinating because both those guys, Ray, are in a spot – where if one holds out, you can just turn to the other dude. Right. But if they both hold out, maybe the Steelers have to play ball. There you go. There, There's free agent advice. I'm not an agent. I don't have a right. degree. But, Ray, I'm offering advice to both Jalen Warren and Najee Harris. That, that's actually a really good idea. It's terrible
0: <laughs> that it comes to that, but it is a very good idea. I mean, think about that. The, the solution to this problem is us telling people not to show up for work. Like it's. Yeah. But I, you know, I don't know which is the exact opposite of everything I've ever preached. Always show up to work, but they, it's, you know, the NFL with the, the rookie contracts and the way it's signed. I mean, you know, I think that what, and this is a, a broader topic, we don't have time to spend hours on, but I think the NFL should really consider guaranteed contracts at least. Cause I mean, these guys, mm. you know, so many of these guys, they, they end up on these contracts that they outperform. There's nothing they can do at least guarantee them their money, right? Like the other sports do. So we'll see. Uh, but this off season, that idea, you heard it here first, that idea might, we'll see if any teams in the backfield, their, their groups get together and say, all five of us, well, none of us are showing up. We'll see if that happens.
1: Yeah, it didn't work for Lev Bell a few years back in Pittsburgh, but again, he was the lone hold out there. Uh, so maybe it can work for these guys doing it together. We shall see. Uh, a couple of other things, uh, some early indications out of Arizona, and this is kind of reading T-lead stuff, reading quotes, but uh, the Cardinals seem to be uh, good enough with Kyler Murray. Uh, they're going to stick with him for next year. I think it makes sense, Ray, and I I get it. New leadership, GM, head coach, all that stuff. They didn't sign Kyler Murray to this contract, but the owner did. Mm -hmm. It would really be foolhardy, I think. And and both you and I have problems with Kyler Murray. I get it. But now that you've already agreed to, to pay him the money, they're going to have a high draft pick, not a super high draft pick, but people were kind of wondering, will they go for a quarterback? Like coming into the year, Arizona, they were one of like the two or three teams that everybody thought would be so bad that they'd be in line for the first pick overall. Uh, They've been better than expected. In fact, even this week, they're taking on Seattle um, and Seattle's a very slight favorite against Arizona. So the Cardinals have been better than expected, right? Which has taken them out of like the, the Caleb Williams and Drake May lottery. Um, and maybe that's the reason we're, we're hearing Kyler Murray is fine. Uh, but this makes sense to me. I, I I don't know if you can necessarily win a Super Bowl or go deep into the playoffs with Kyler Murray. But again, we got a pulse. You got to stick with it with Kyler Murray.
0: Yeah. We, we, for those folks that have followed us for a long time, you all know that when I saw that Dan Patrick interview before he ever played a football game, I'm like, nope, I'm out. He's not in my quarter. No way. That guy's not winning nothing in the NFL. And um, You know, to date, he's 28 and 35. Not his fault completely, of course, but he's got a losing record. Uh, Kudos to him returning from the knee injury this year. Hasn't looked any different than before. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, this is – and Baker Mayfield, 1.1 pick. Kyler Murray, 1.1 pick. Getting the first pick and taking that quarterback, Bryce Young. Okay? I don't think Kyler Murray – Kyler Murray's right there at 15 in the NFL too. He's ahead of Baker by a little because he's more talented and there's more things you can scheme with him. But he's not a top 10 quarterback, so that's just the way it's breaking down. They, they didn't have a choice but to stick with them. I think it would have been pretty significant for the franchise not to have done that. But I agree with you. I don't know if they can win with him.
1: Arizona likely drafting in the top 10. They will not be looking at a tight end. They've got a good one in Trey McBride. But maybe another team in the top 10 might. Brock Bowers of Georgia, who really for the last two years, I think, uh, NFL personnel guys have been waiting to join the NFL. Uh, made it official yesterday. Um now, again, it's it's dangerous with tight ends. Uh, you look at guys like Laporta, okay, obviously a massive hit. Look at guys like Kyle Pitts, not so much. Uh, Bowers is probably in that range of top 10, top 15. So we will hear his name called early. Hopefully he goes to a team that is not run by Arthur Smith, and we've got, got a chance at some numbers. But didn't want to pass that along. And then uh, Jacksonville.
0: I think we lost Kyle. Kyle's uh, going in and out there. We'll see if we can get him back in. Yeah, and for those of you watching, uh, bear with me for a moment because, you know, college football is not my jam. It uh, never has been. I don't really study these guys until the NFL draft time, so I think it's so important to find uh, players that actually um, have reached a team so we know what the, the system is going to be. We know what the scheme's is going to be. Brock Bowers is, is another one of these players, though, that we hear all this talk about. And Kyle's mentioned Kyle Pitts. And this is, it's right in our face here why it is so important to find out whether the player is with team A or B. Because Kyle Pitts, according to every talent evaluator in the universe, was not only going to be a a top tight end, he was going to be an elite tight end, this guy was going to set records, right? This was going to happen. Uh, It didn't with him. It just didn't. Why? Arthur Smith and the Falcons. They drafted him highly and they didn't use him. So you can have all the talent in the world. uh, And if your team does not give you the opportunity To play on the football field, you obviously struggle to produce anything that's relevant in fantasy football. Uh, Some news and notes as we try to get Kyle back in here. Uh, Tyrod Taylor is going to start for the Giants here in week 18. Uh, They made that decision. Uh, Tommy uh, DeVito will back him up. Trevor Lawrence is practicing in a limited capacity today. Okay. And we talked about this. And this one's interesting too, Kyle. Uh, We talked about this earlier this week. Matt Barrows, who covers the Niners for the Athletic, is saying that he believes the primary running back for the Niners this week won't be Elijah Mitchell. It'll actually be Jordan Mason. So maybe (laughs) the Niners are
1: going to go in that direction this week, something we talked about and pooh-poohed a little bit the other day. Yeah, I I think both will play. Uh, And if I got Mitchell, I'm probably playing him despite this report. If I have Mason, though, Ray, I'm more excited about Mm -hmm. playing him, I think. So both these guys are now in effect for me. And you might say, well, if I'm not going to get a full four quarters or if I'm not going to get 20 touches from Mitchell, what use is he? Ray, I think he can do damage on 10 touches. I think Mason can do damage on 10 touches. So if I look at it that way, honestly, both guys are in play. Um, If you have both, which I have to think is a very small sliver of the uh, fantasy population out there, I might lean on the report and go Mason. Just And and the reason I say that, Ray, is to the bottom line of the 49ers, who's more important, Mason or Mitchell? It's probably Mitchell. Mm -hmm. And Mitchell is a guy that, for whatever reason, comes up lame a lot more often. So I I think he would be the guy they protect or pull back on just a bit. Uh, But, again, I think both guys definitely in play for San Francisco. And and, and we may see both of them in that game. And remember, on the other side, Ray, the Rams. Mm -hmm. Like I don't even know what the Rams are rolling out there on Sunday because – They don't have much to play for. They're already in the playoffs. If I'm Sean McVay, Ray, there's no Cooper Cup on that field. Um, I don't think Matthew Stafford's going to be on the field this week. Um, And we'll have to see with guys like Williams, Nakua. uh, I brought it up early in the week, four catches. I think it's 39 yards. He becomes the all-time rookie record holder for catches and yardage. But I think in Cup and Stafford's case, especially, Ray, I kind of think they're doubtful to play snaps this Sunday against the Niners.
0: And, you know, that brings up a point that we haven't directly touched on when we were talking about this the other day. We've told people to play Week 18 in fantasy football, that kind of stuff. I don't know what the league can do here, but, you know, resting players for no reason other than we're trying to protect them is bad for the game. It's bad for the game. It's bad for the fans. uh, I don't know how you legislate – like. Because then all of a sudden, Kyron's got an ankle sprain. Does he have an ankle sprain? Well, the doctor wrote me a note. I mean, it's one of those things. They'll figure something out, right? Because most of these guys are dealing with something at some point, right, on their body. But it to me, it's just so it's so weak. We're not playing 82 games like basketball. We're not playing 162 games like baseball. We're playing 17 games for football. And for teams to bench guys or rest guys for you know an eighth of the season or, or an 18th of the season, whatever, 17th of the season, I can't even talk. Um, it's just you know what i mean it's bad for competitive balance it's bad for the game i don't know how you work your way around it though
1: well and and as you note, it it happens in every sport yeah i mean we we see it but like you noted you know i don't care if my guy misses two games in september after playing 155 of them i kind of get it with football it's so emphasized uh with the shortened schedule you know only 16 17 of these games so Uh, It happens everywhere, and I understand it from the team perspective. From our perspective, we'd like to see the guys out there. From a fan perspective, you get greedy. You want to see the guys out there. Uh, Let's get to some Week 18 spreads and game totals. I think I was getting into this before I was uh, so rudely interrupted uh, by the Gremlins on the Internet. Um, As noted, two games on Saturday, and everything else is on Sunday. So there's no Thursday night. There's no Monday night. Um, On Saturday, Pittsburgh at Baltimore, Houston at Indianapolis. Uh, Ray, are you surprised the Steelers? I know they're playing for something and we expect the Ravens to sit people, but I'm still surprised the Steelers are favored by three and a half. I, I, I think Baltimore at home with backups mm-hmm. can still beat Mason Rudolph and the Steelers on Saturday.
0: I think they can too. Uh, the, the real question with the Ravens is, you know, is does this become practice squad city, right? That's the real question because they are dealing with a lot of injuries on the defensive side as well. But uh, they're a better football team. This is an intense matchup. Um, obviously there's a lot to play for, even though the, on the schedule, you know, everything's locked in. They still don't want to go into the playoffs, limping in there. They don't want to get beat by the Steelers, let the Steelers into the playoffs. So I am I'm surprised by it too,
1: Kyle. I agree with you. Uh Saturday night's a biggie. Houston is at Indianapolis. Uh, if you win, you're in. If you lose, I, I think there's a way they can back in, but it's very unlikely. So it's kind of a winner-take-all game between the Texans and the Colts. As of now, Houston favored by a point the over-under is all the way up to 47 and a half. I'm a little surprised at that big number for these two teams. Um, Ray, you know, it's not two marquee teams, but it is a marquee game with plenty on the line. C.J. Stroud, Gardner Minshew. Do you put much emphasis into the idea of a rookie quarterback in this moment? Are we beyond that? I I mean, by the time we get to week 18, is C.J. Stroud a rookie quarterback anymore?
0: I think we're beyond, I would think we're beyond that. I mean, he certainly doesn't seem like a guy that lets a lot affect him. He seems very calm and steady, right? So I, I'm going to assume we're beyond that. I think a bigger question is, you know, he has the, the guy that was going to win rookie of the year, and he still might, right? The guy that everyone was a superstar in the fantasy space, that guy hasn't been seen for a month. Hmm. He's, he, he wasn't there before the injury. He got hurt. When he came back, he wasn't there. They haven't had that that guy in over a month now. That, to me, is a little bit more of a concern than can he handle the pressure, which I
1: assume he will. And Noah Brown is uh, shaping up to be questionable for this game. Probably the same for Robert Woods. So we'll have to see what Houston actually rolls out there. That's Saturday night. Then we get into Sunday. Uh, Very busy Sunday slate, as usual, for the end of the season. Um, In terms of early games, uh, you know, there's the NFC South divisional title. That is on the line, if anybody cares. Um, Jacksonville, they'll have to know what they need to do based off of what happens Sunday night. Uh, You got eleven. at the Saints Saints by three and a half Tampa is at Carolina bucks by five and a half Ray the snooze fest of the year I applaud anybody who's gonna sit and watch Jets Patriots <laughs> I mean my god <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> Patriots are favored by two do you think Ray yeah look into that Oracle crystal ball is uh, this going to be the last game for Bill Belichick on the Patriots sideline Vegas is really
0: happy too 30 and a half over under uh <laughs> 30, <laughs> 30 and a half, yeah uh, I think this from all, yes, I think this will be his last game in New England. Uh, I don't think this will be his last game. I don't think he's going to retire. Uh, but I think this Ooh. will be the last game he's there in New England. And I think that uh, the folks that all want him out, because it sounds like there's a lot of them, you don't get it. <laughs> you just It's like the folks in Pittsburgh that want to get rid of Tomlin. You just don't get what the rest of the league deals with at the, at the at head coach yeah. position. Well,
1: if you were a team and Bill Belichick knocks on your door, I'm interested in coaching you. Ray, it's hard to turn down a legend. But at his age, what do you well, get in a coach for two years? Is three years? It's I, I struggle with the idea, and I, I agree with you. I think he'll land somewhere, and any team is not going to you know close the door on him. But for the long-term success of a franchise, I don't know if it's the right move going with Bill Belichick where he's at. Right, you know, in his career.
0: I I think the perfect fit just because it'd be the best theater in the history of the NFL would be for him to go to the jets. It'd be perfect. <laughs> uh, I would never happen. He'd yeah. kill Aaron Rodgers, I think, but you know, it, you're right. He's he, there. I think two things are in player one. He's aging, right? So there's that question of how long he wants or can still do this. And two, there is the question about his player personnel decisions the last couple of years. So someone just hire him as a coach, take away any of that front off, just hire him as a coach. What if you wanted to
1: be your GM?
0: I don't think, I don't think I'd do that. No. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it, but if he's my coach, I'm in. And there are a lot of teams that, you know, <laughs> team. how often, how long do teams hire a coach and legitimately expect him to be around? They give him a five-year contract, they fire him after three years. It happens all the time, right? So I don't know if he said he's only got three more years left. If that would change any team's opinion, they'd probably still hire him anyway, because that's how long they look at hiring any coach for
1: Elsewhere in that early window, Cleveland at Cincinnati, we might see the Browns sit some guys. And honestly, you look at this spread, that's what Vegas is expecting. Uh, Bengals are favored by six as the home team against Cleveland. So, you know, guys like Amari Cooper, who always seems to be beat up. uh, Certainly Joe Flacco. I don't know if they're playing in this game on Sunday. Uh, Jacksonville visits Tennessee. Ray, I'm calling it now. Jags are favored by five and a half. I think Tennessee pulls off a straight up win against the Jaguars. I I think we're going to get a Vrabel special. I think Derrick Henry could be his final game as a Titan. I think it's going to be an upset for the Tennessee Titans to pull off the victory.
0: There are a lot of people. I think Jeff Manns, I can't quote Jeff on this, but I'm pretty sure I heard on the show yesterday him say the same thing. You can quote me, okay? Okay, I quote you, and then Jeff stole your, he'll probably say it again today on Elite Sports, uh, three to five Eastern on SiriusXM. Uh, It's Wednesday, so I'll be there with him. Uh, but yeah, he, he basically said the same thing, that the you know Jaguars are basically cooked. Uh, and it, it does seem like, just remember, we, we talked earlier in the show, Trevor Lawrence is back at practice, so it seems like he's trending toward playing. And for what it's worth, Christian Kirk had his 21-day window opened up for yeah. return. So it is possible, I don't know how likely, but possible he returns this week. But I agree with you, that team is going in the wrong direction. And uh, they don't need a miracle, but they're going to need a strong effort to emerge with a victory this
1: week. Lions favored by a field goal. They're hosting Minnesota. The uh, game total there is a uh, rather robust 45 points. Then we get to the late games, and there's a lot on the line here. A lot of these games going on at the same point. Uh, Seattle needs a win. They're on the road to Arizona. Seahawks favored by two and a half. That game totals up to 48, which seems to be a little high. Uh, Chicago visiting Green Bay. Packers favored by three. 44 is the number there. Uh, Ray, usually Lambo in January. We don't like starting our quarterbacks, but mm-hmm. – Justin Fields, DJ Moore against this Packers secondary. Gotta start it, don't you? I mean, I think Fields is even a decent call in in DFS this weekend.
0: Oh, and you said it earlier this week when we talked about it. Fields last week in the snow said, played right through it. And so, yeah, I think that the... Packers and it's everyone knows everyone talks about Jordan Love and how the offense looks but we're unless you're really digging in the defense is the problem the offense is fine the defense is a problem and they're beat up as you said in the defensive backfield in particular I'm in agreement with you I think that uh, you know both fields and more fire them up I
1: think it'll be like uh, week two or three of the preseason when the Rams take on the San Francisco 49ers Uh, 49ers favored by three and a half in that game. This number on Dallas at Washington, Ray, is, is wild to me. 13 with the way Dallas has played on the road. I Last season, in a very similar situation, I think Dallas was 12-4. and four. They went to Washington, and they lost by 20. I, I, the fact that the Cowboys are favored by 13, Ray, and I got no love for Washington, but come on, man. I mean, 13 is way too big of a number, I think, for the Cowboys here.
0: Yeah, I think you have to say the Cowboys are going to win the game. I think yeah. you, you have to, but by two touchdowns. Yeah. Like that's, you know, the, the, the benefit they have is the obvious, you know, their defense creates big plays. You know, it seems like we're going to see Sam Hallett quarterback again. he creates big plays for defenses. <laughs> like you get a couple of those, you know, pick six, that kind of thing that could help boost the score. But 13 is a large number
1: here in week 18. Uh, that spreads surprising, but not as surprising Ray as the LA chargers favored by three against Kansas city. What the hell is that? And, and again, I I said earlier in the program, Travis Kelsey, maybe sits after he gets to a thousand. Pat Mahomes, maybe, but the chargers favored by three. That one, that one really caught me off guard to see that number.
0: Yeah. Aren't the backups of the chiefs better than the backups of the chargers. I, um, I mean, you, you see a number like that and you, and this is what, a you know, inside, right, a lot of people get concerned about who knows what. You see a number like that, and it's almost like Vegas knows Mahomes isn't playing or no. Kelsey's not playing, right? Because it's like that makes no sense, even though the, even though they haven't lived up to expectations, blah, blah, blah. That number doesn't make sense on the surface uh, unless there's a, a, high, a high expectation to your point. they are going to be a lot of resting guys on the Chiefs side.
1: Broncos are in Vegas. Raiders favored by two and a half. Philly taking on the Giants. Uh, Remember, Philadelphia has got to win. Dallas has to lose for Philadelphia to get that uh, NFC East title. A lot of people think Philadelphia might sit people. I'm not one of those because they need to sharpen the sticks. They they, they need to to figure things out, if you will. Uh, So I would expect those guys to play. Now they may get to the third or fourth quarter and they see that Dallas is winning by 10 points and they may pull guys like Hertz. I don't know if Devonta Smith's going to play at all this week, uh, so you have to pay attention to that. That's a late afternoon game, Philly at New York, Eagles by five and a half. And then Sunday night, it's a good one, uh, uh, Buffalo at Miami. Uh, winner takes the AFC East. Winner gets the uh, home game in the first round of the playoffs. Game total is fifty, and Buffalo is favored by a field goal. Ray.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that. That let's hope the game lives up to expectations, and it's close, and it's something in the fourth quarter. Uh, both these teams you can make the case for why they should win and why they will struggle to win uh, yeah. it's it's very interesting the, the Dolphins all of a sudden are all beat up they lost Howard and Chubb on defense that Waddle's uncertain to play you look at the Bills it's basically Josh Allen or bust at this point that's he's their entire offense you sprinkle in some James Cook you never get digs Dalton Kincaid's kind of vanished you know we don't know Gabe Davis has got as good a chance to score a touchdown as catch zero passes it's going to be really interesting and in that. You know, I will say this for the NFL. I hated personally the idea that they waited to time all these games out because I'm trying to prepare for weeks and it screws up my schedule. But at least they did it right here with this game at the end. Uh, I'd be very interested to see uh, what the numbers are for TV. It's going to be huge, I would expect.
1: It's going to be huge DFS, too. We've been talking about it all week. I think tomorrow we'll kind of dig into the DFS outlook, both Thursday and Friday. I see Joe in in our chat room says it's kind of the uh, DFS week of the year. Uh, because of how all these games are structured, the two games on Saturday, and then just a load of exciting action. And it's not one of those things where, you know, you've got nine early games and then three late games. You've actually got more late games than you do early games. So makes it a bit more exciting, I think, as we go into the weekend. So again, uh, I think Rich Mileto is going to join us tomorrow. He he does the streamers article for us at Fantasy Guru. So thought it'd be well worth getting him on tomorrow because a lot of you are looking for deep plays in DFS. Some of you are dealing with situations in Baltimore, San Francisco, LA, and the like. You're looking for streamers. So we'll talk to Rich tomorrow on the show. Uh, before we get out of here, just a little bit of baseball to throw your way. Um, and it deals with the San Diego Padres. What was it, Ray? Like three weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, they signed Yuki Matsui. And we said, okay, there's your closer. Well, it turns out he may not be the closer because now we are hearing Woo Suk Go. And I don't know if that, but Wusuk go another import Ray, and maybe he is actually going to be the closer for the Padres as they continue to, to rebuild and revamp their bullpen without Josh Hader.
0: Yeah, and this is really interesting here because the, the Padres are doing what a lot of teams do, and that is you can pay that one guy a gazillion dollars. We'll get two or three guys to take his place, and we'll see how it goes. And understanding that the importance of the bullpen – Starters throw four and a half, four and a half, four and a third, you know, five and a third innings. They don't go deep into games anymore. We really need bullpens. Uh I, I do know that personally I got to do some digging here to figure more of these out because this, you know, these foreign-born pitchers that you gotta yeah. there's a lot to unpack there to see what we should be expecting here. Uh fascinating to see the Padres considering two. Um, uh, I when when's the last time we saw a team go into the foreign market for two relievers cool. they could, in essence, be the eighth, and ninth inning guys? You know, Robert Suarez is still around, of course, but yeah. That's really interesting from a baseball perspective, as well as a world perspective. It's fascinating what they're doing.
1: Well, and the mind kind of wanders at this Ray, you know, everybody's trying to find the edge that others haven't found and, you know, going, you know, we hear about Yamamoto and Otani, these, you know, these guys are superstars, but every year there's like 10 or 12, of these guys that come over, mm-hmm. we, we always hear about the one or two at the top, but if teams trust their international scouting and, I don't want to say every team, but a good deal of teams now have Asian scouts, you know, that are over there all year looking for guys that that may be an edge for team, and a team like San Diego trying to save money. These are a bunch of one and two year contracts. You, you get guys who you've seen at the professional level already. You don't have to spend, you know, 18 million a year to bring them in. It, it may be an edge for some of these teams to uh, kind of go short term and go without forking over a load of money to bring these players in both. You know, I, I think it's a little easier with pitching mm-hmm. the hitting sometimes can be misleading. Not that the hitters are bums, but you know, the velocity change is so different from, you know, as a hitter from Japan, Korea, whatever coming to the States. And you may say, well, the velocity is different for the pitchers too. Yeah. But you can mess with hitters, timing, changing speeds, you know, a variety of pitches, maybe, Euro balls they've never seen before what was a gyro ball gyro the, uh, yeah. yeah the gyro ball that they've never so you know it's a maybe a little easier transition it's never a guarantee but you know we're seeing a team like san diego those are two guys that were really on nobody's radar and all of a sudden they might be the eighth and ninth inning guys
0: yeah, yeah. the game is so different you're right the, but baseball's different the schedule's different the umpiring's mm. different the way the game is played the, all these factors need to be Considered, And, you know, teams are willing to take a shot, especially like you're saying, Kyle, if it's not, we got to pay a guy 25, $30 million a year, if it's a more reasonable contract, why not go ahead and mine the foreign uh, game? Because there's tons of talent there.
1: Takes us to the end of the road on this edition of Fantasy Sports Daily. Appreciate everybody hanging with us. I apologize. I don't know we had some technical difficulties about 20 minutes ago. Maybe having some more. I don't know. I see what I see. But uh, we'll get to work on those. I do apologize for that. Uh, Ray, thanks for hanging steady uh, through all of that. Tomorrow I mentioned more football. Uh, Rich Mileto is going to drop in. We'll see where the uh, news takes us. Maybe we'll have some more ideas on exactly what Baltimore or San Francisco plan to do for the weekend. But we'll uh, take a deep look. Uh, DFS, kind of get people ready for the weekend. I know it's a a big holiday DFS weekend. I will say we were running through those spreads. This is not a weekend where you say, yeah, I'm going to jump in and wager for the first time. This is the worst weekend to wager (laughs) with all of these unknowns and some of these weird spreads. Uh, Ray, have a great Wednesday, and we'll uh, meet again tomorrow, okay? Looking forward to it, Kyle. Fantasy Sports Daily. It has been brought to you and powered by FantasyGuru.com. We will catch you on Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern, Right here, Fantasy Sports Daily.